Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to another edition of the PHNX Feedback Podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia. Uh, I don't even know what I am anymore. I don't know what this team is anymore. I don't know what to feel. It's just sadness all the time. This guy next to me, he keeps it electric. It's Mr. Electric, Sean DePaz. And we are so thankful uh, to have Jesse here to talk <laughs> me down from the ledge outside of this building. Uh, it's the very, my, my, my favorite person. No offense to you. Wow. Uh, okay. <laughs> as far as, as far as mayors go around this place, it's the vice mayor, Jesse. Only Friedman. one of us was on the show Friday, but I don't remember that. <laughs> we don't, we don't talk about the Arizona Diamondbacks anymore though, right? We, no. we now, we now talk about the Phoenix Suns. This is a Phoenix Suns podcast now. I mean, we'll, we could, <laughs> yeah. no, we don't want to like get in on TPSP territory, but we might just cover all the Arizona on the sports now i mean is that, i mean i, I find uh, me i don't want to talk about this team i want to talk about <laughs> anything but this team because this uh th- this series this weekend was an absolute disaster uh and i don't know what to do about this bullpen other than i don't know call a priest mm-hmm. to perform some sort of exorcist on <laughs> them i don't know like throw holy water on them make them all take a salt bath i don't know what the answer is but uh they lost to the twins in spectacular fashion boys i mean and when i say that i mean they found new and heartbreaking ways to lose each game right you have uh, game one loss Diamondbacks looked like they were going to do something. Merrill Kelly was decent on the mic or on the mic on the mound. <laughs> I'm on the mic. He's pretty good. Uh, he's pretty good we with this. We should have him on the show. The speaking yeah. of, <laughs> uh, but Merrill Kelly, very good, uh, giving up two earned runs in six innings. So he was back to what we expect out of Merrill Kelly. But the D-backs couldn't offer much run support, more than the two runs and uh, one run given up by the bullpen was enough it, and it felt like that game where they were just constantly close enough to getting ahead that they were just constantly close enough to taking that lead allowing us to see uh paul seawald make his debut that did not happen uh instead we get to see seawald make his debut in game two which was an absolute <laughs> blowout by the time he came into the game ryan nelson was terrible uh, on the road which uh he normally hasn't been d-backs got blown out 12 to 1 seawald makes his debut and tosses a scoreless inning in a meaningless game. Some, and then you have game so three. Zach Gallon was good on the road, uh, but he was somehow outdueled by Dallas Keuchel. Uh, in, in what in what world, in what universe do we live? Is this the darkest possible timeline now that we're watching <laughs> Zach Gallon give up more runs than Dallas Keuchel? 
what's I mean, I mean, Dallas Keuchel won a Cy Young Award. Not oh, eight I will years jump over ago, Sean Derek. and fight you right now live on this <laughs> uh, show. You wanna, I'll get out of the way. <laughs> I won't put up any resistance. Uh, I, I, I feel like I feel like we remember him from his time here, and I feel like he was putting up one run in outings for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah, Dallas Keuchel was was very nearly out of baseball. Appeared to be pretty yeah. much out of baseball as of as of the end of last season, coming into this year. Uh, the Minnesota Twins picked him up. He was pretty good for them uh, in July in AAA. I believe he was like the International League Pitcher of the Month or something down there. He had a sub-2 ERA in AAA uh, for the Twins. But his peripherals weren't weren't really all that great. It kind of seemed like he was maybe just benefiting from, from some good bad ball luck. I think he probably had made some good adjustments. But yeah, honestly, I, I think what might be most irritating if you're a Diamondbacks fan is I don't think Dallas Keuchel looked all that good in that game. Like, he didn't pitch very well. The Diamondbacks, I don't believe, struck out once against no, Dallas they, Keuchel the entire game. They had eight hits against him. They had a couple of walks. They had base runners all over the base pads yep. the entire time that Dallas Keuchel was in the game while Zach Gallen was just kind of mowing him down for the D-backs. Two, but two at the end of the day, runners in scoring position. In yeah, game. at the end of the day, it's how many guys actually cross home plate, not how many <laughs> guys touch first or touch second. Yeah. And that's kind of been the story for the Diamondbacks over the last month <laughs> is that you know for as many base runners as they get at times they're just not getting enough of those guys to, to cross home plate and uh they've lost a lot of close games in in pretty heartbreaking fashion as a result of that speaking of heartbreaking fashion jesse why has paul seawald forsaken us and why <laughs> is whoever closes out games for this team fucking cursed like <laughs> what is going like this is pretty wild shit I don't know about you boys, but I was ready to light up a cigar and say, like, good times are here. Paul Seawald's locking down the game <laughs> only to see the same goddamn shit. Two home runs, three earned runs by Seawald to, to allow twins to walk it off in game three. Just absolutely infuriating. And I know, I know, I know the fire Tory people are wanting to come out of the woodworks, but uh, can those people, at least for this one day, see <laughs> the irony of the fact that this man can't put anybody out there without having this result. Well, I mean, at least he didn't blow the save on the first pitch. <laughs> oh, 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 wait, that that did, that did happen, didn't it? Get out. Get are, out. Are they, are all I was done? glad you were back, but now I'm not. Oh, man. Um, the wagon is off the Oregon Trail. Elizabeth says the D-backs have died of dysentery. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth, it's not dysentery. Your wagon was killed uh, by the bullpen. Can we throw? Can we throw that graphic up there? Yeah. That's this is what your wagon was killed by. I, I'm so mad I don't get to call them a wagon anytime. Like I'm so mad about this. Uh, we might need to put that on a T-shirt because I feel like all Diamondbacks fans uh, need to wear that. Have you played but, the Oregon Trail before? Have I played the Oregon Trail yeah. before? I play. I was forced to play the Oregon Trail in school. You were forced to? Well, you didn't have a choice. It wasn't for fun. You actually went and played it like as as an educational tool. Really? Oh wow. God! Yes. That sounds that number muncher. That. That's crazy. Oh, th that was lit. Are you kidding me? It was great. We loved every minute of it. No, I mean I believe it. Got but the lead I, didn't, classroom. I didn't know it was like an educational thing. Yeah. See, there were these things called Apple IIe computers, and we thought they were awesome when we were small children. Uh, and you could play number munchers and Oregon Trail on it, and that's those were educational times. But we were just. We were just competing for high scores, really. We were just Oregon Trail was a brutal game. It really was. I got like poisoned by so many snakes Correct. and whatnot. Correct. Like, <laughs> the, oh, amount, the amount of times I've I died trying it. to cross a river is uh, extraordinary. I'm going to oh, try and play it. It's tonight. fun. Yeah, it was originally uh, Yeah, it was originally created as like an educational tool. To video games, quick side note. I started a franchise last night and I'm going to be the show with the Diamondbacks. Yeah. 
opening night. Yeah. Eight and two thirds no hit innings pitch from Zach Gallon. Okay. And then he gives it up with an out remaining. Oh, no. No. Like no. Wow. I, I literally was about to fucking punch a hole oh, in my, my wall. God. I was so upset. Well, yeah, I mean, that doesn't help with everything that we've gone <laughs> exactly. through here because uh, I don't I don't know the answer here. I felt like Paul Seawald was the answer, uh, and obviously he's still the answer. I don't want the Diamondbacks to give up on him. The man uh, came into this team 21 for 24, I believe, and save opportunities. So yeah. he wasn't perfect, but, man, uh, that one hurt. Uh, that one really, really, really hurt. I, I, I don't. I don't know if I can remember. Maybe the one that Scott McGuff did come in and, and gave up like the back-to-back home runs to give up the game. Uh, maybe that one hurt as bad as this, but those were better times <laughs> where I didn't, they, they, you know, it wasn't like this series of losses that kind of piled up and made that loss extra bad. Uh, this particular loss made me leave my house and go watch a movie because I needed to like do something to not be at home. And I'm not even joking about that. I, went I literally gro- I was grocery like, shopping. I told my daughter to my put on office. some shoes. We're leaving. And she was like, I don't know. I was like, I don't know. The mall. We'll go see a movie. I cooked myself dinner. Oh my God. What is I that? opened up a crock pot and made myself a full meal. Like, Jesus. Uh, like meals for days. Yeah, I was going to say, you have leftovers, I bet, for quite a while. Because I, I, I watched these D-backs like, holy shit. I need to get my shit together. Like I need to figure my stuff out. <laughs> what am I doing with my life? I can't. I can't oh, have man. this much disorganization and chaos in my life. I need to figure something out. We don't make my bed. It. I can't stand it. But uh, let's take a look at the numbers for the three game series in Minnesota because not great. Not great, y'all. Not great. Relief pitch, uh, relief pitching ERA just absolutely atrocious compared no errors, to the Minnesota Twins that were once again able to. Uh, another team where their bullpen just looks spectacular against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Like, yeah, that's just uh, like the, the the dichotomy of that relief pitching bullpen ERA right there is just amazing to me. Eleven point two five to one point six four. I just hate it. Yeah, I mean, I hate it here so but much. To be fair, like everyone's looking, <laughs> it's everyone's looking good against the Diamondbacks right now too. <laughs> like the, the starting pitchers are looking good against the Diamondbacks. Every. The Diamondbacks suck in every facet of baseball, essentially, right now. Well, they're in there. Like, like the point is, though, at least at one point during the season when they were making starting pitching yeah. look very good, they were able to do damage against yeah, the bullpen. Yep. And now that feels like one of the absolute missing factors here is that the Diamondbacks, and that, that kind of goes along with the answer back thing because a lot of those answer back comebacks that have occurred this year. Uh, happened late in games because the Diamondbacks needed to get to the bullpen in order for them to make some noise. Now they're not making noise against anybody. Uh, batting average with runners in scoring position is absolutely atrocious. I guess on the base path there, uh, the 10 stolen bases to the one is the one plus, but I do believe seven of those or eight of those came in one single game, right? Or seven? Yeah, eight of them. The eight Diamondbacks them set a franchise record for stolen bases in Sunday's game with eight <laughs> stolen bases. Which is- and... They and, still and scored what happened, what three happened, runs what happened, the entire game. Yeah, what happened the, 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 in the, the result of that game? This Jesse? is the worst team in baseball. <laughs> like it's, it's 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 genuinely the worst team I, in Major League Baseball. I don't know what. Like seriously, do we do we do we go the Pedro Serrano route and sacrifice a chicken? Like, yeah, what do we, we do to. to help? I'm this willing team? to sacrifice myself. For the Are you? Team. I, I mean, David's all—he's sick of life as it is already with this whole situation. Like, I would do that for you guys. Well, I know you would because I would also sacrifice David. For I'm us. fairly certain you've at least committed three felonies uh, trying to win 
Corbin Carroll, the rookie of the year. So like, <laughs> and those are like across state lines. So I think that somehow makes it worse, Better. but I don't, I don't know what's happening with this team. I don't know what to do anymore. I really don't. I mean, I now, like now I feel like I'm in the same position as Tori was a few days ago when he was just like, Sad answers. what? <laughs> no, got nothing for you. Like, yeah. What, what do you do after yeah. a while? Like, it's almost funny. I mean, I will say that when I watched Paul Seawald give up that second home run, I did kind of do a oh, maniacal laugh yeah. where I was just like, it's actually, I was yeah, like, I was like, like insane. Oh, of course. <laughs> it's, it is. And uh, some people have said this in the comments. There's there's an initiation process to becoming the closer of the Arizona Diamondbacks. <laughs> but you have to do this. If you're Paul Seawald, you have to come into your first save opportunity uh, as a member of the Arizona Diamondbacks. You have to serve up a game-tying, save-blowing home run on the first pitch you throw. And you have have to lose the game two batters later by giving up another home run, right? It's just part of the deal when you become the closer of this baseball team. Now Paul Seawald can settle in and, you know, uh, <laughs> calm himself down, Fingers become crossed. more of the, the pitcher that that he is. All, all jokes aside, I, I think I think there is some truth to Paul Seawald being different than all of the other closers that have come through Arizona in in recent years I know some people are viewing this guy as as like Mark Melanson 2.0 right <laughs> like oh we got another guy in his mid-30s throwing 91 miles an hour same old story right D-backs have had a number of guys over the years that are like this I'm going to write about this later tonight um <coughs> I don't think Paul. I don't think Paul Seawald is, you know, just just the latest guy. Um, I I understand the the Diamondbacks closers are cursed narratives, and it was honestly, yeah, there was something about that yesterday. <laughs> it was like you just got to be kidding me. The Diamondbacks yeah. finally get a closer who is well regarded around the game as being one of the best, who is is a little bit older, but also is not. Not at a Mark Melanson stage in his career where the wheels could kind of fall off at any point. Like he's genuinely elite. His baseball savant page looks nothing like Mark Melanson's baseball savant page the year before he joined the Arizona Diamondbacks. They're they're two completely different classes of pitcher in my mind. And uh, and yeah, even the best closers in baseball, they they blow saves every now and then. Like Paul Sewald was twenty one for twenty four coming in he's 21 for 25 now that's still really good like that's still over 80 percent no no closer is going to come in and, and convert 100 percent of save opportunities so for diamondbacks fans who are you know ready to write off paul seawald <laughs> for Derek, <laughs> who's ready to write off mm. paul seawald is just the the latest diamondbacks closer to you know immediately struggle upon arriving on this team i would say let's tap the brakes I think there's a lot of reasons to believe that Paul Seawald is actually a pretty darn good pitcher and, and is probably going to be pretty good the rest of the year. Brian Hall from Minnesota. He's an AP writer. He interviewed Seawald after the game. Seawald said, we're going to be just fine. We're one and a half back of a playoff spot. As much as it feels like we may never win again, we're one and a half back. And the last time I checked, you can make up one and a half in seven weeks. We're going to be just fine. Now, I do love that attitude. And yeah. I mean, uh, it's right now as an Arizona Diamondback fan, that's that that's the kind of attitude you need to embrace right now. Like it, there is a crazy amount of parody going on. And Bob Nightingale sent out a tweet. I think we have a uh, that tweet as an image here. Nightingale said, teams sure have a funny way of showing they actually want to win a wild card berth since the trade deadline. D-backs <laughs> lose six in a row. Reds <sighs> lose six in a row. Angels lose six in a row. Marlins lose four in a row. Red Sox lose four in a row. And the Giants lose two in a row 
to Oakland. Definitely shade being thrown at Oakland by being included there in that particular tweet about the Giants losing to them. But really just trying to illustrate here how all of these teams that are in a very tight uh, wild card race right now have not been playing well. And that honestly benefits the Diamondbacks quite a bit during this time. The Diamondbacks feel like they should be 39 games back right now in the wild card race. It feels like they shouldn't even be in the wild card race. Somehow the Cubs have slid in. They have a spot now. I believe I don't even know uh, today, but I know things might have changed. But yeah, I think you know, I mean, it's just it's has, you got we we're trying to get Cubs Craig fan. to believe in no, the Craig Cubs does believe. Well, He's we're trying in. to get we want him to get his heart broken, too. So we yes. want him to believe just so the Cubs can uh, demolish all of his hopes and dreams and everything like That's that. But do. this this team, man, I just don't know what to say about it other than right now. It is uh, not very fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, that, the, I think the most frustrating part of this is all that like I keep on wanting to say they're dead, but they can't be dead because everyone else also sucks. <laughs> Although I will say yeah. Paul Seawald <laughs> saying that like, it's okay. We're only a game and a half back is has like the energy of a guy who was just dropped into a war zone and all the other, <laughs> and he's like, it's okay guys. It's not that bad. And all the other troops who have been fighting for years, they've lost their brothers in battle. It's fucking easy for you to say, One dude doesn't have a fucking leg. And he's like, you'll be fine. Yeah, like, I'll fucking prop you up with a stick. It'll be fine. We're almost at the, we're almost there. We've almost, the battle's almost over. But I mean, we know that in baseball, they're 162 game season, right? And we've heard Tori, we've heard this organization talk about flushing those losses and moving on, even not getting too high on the wins, you know, but uh, I, I think somebody asked it and uh, I don't know if it's one of our mailbag Monday questions, but like, is there a point where someone needs to get like tossed from a game or something to change this? Like, do yeah, we need yeah, to see Tori get fired up? And yeah. Cause the, like the umpiring in several of these losses has been atrocious and it has absolutely fucking contributed to the losses. So like at least it just nothing more than for the boys to pop the boys, give the boys a lo- like some, some, something funny to talk about or just something, you know, like I don't care what it is, but something to get these guys fired up at this point and get past this, funk that they're in because this is is not good we could use a tim anderson j ram situation i mean <laughs> the like, that's the only answer that's that the only really answer. is the only answer i here. need geraldo perdomo to go runetto door on somebody um by the way things could be worse guys <laughs> we could be the chicago white oh, Sox. Boy. uh there's a lot of information coming out today about the chicago white Sox, including a former arizona diamondback uh, Kenyon Middleton kind of revealing after he was traded to the Yankees that the White Sox organization are just a mess. Uh, in an ESPN article, he talked about how they just have no rules. They have nobody like leading anything. There's like players are allowed to miss out on practices and meetings and basically everything is just fine. Whereas yeah. every other organization in baseball takes that shit seriously. There's fines that occurred. You'll be benched. There's consequences for your actions when you don't show up and show that you're committed to this team. Like, let's be honest, at a major league level, I don't care if you're the fucking worst team in baseball, you should be able to show up for a meeting. You should be able to show up for fucking fielding practice as a pitcher. It's absolutely crazy that that is happening. And the wild thing is, is this kind of came out recently. We already have confirmation from Lance Lynn on the Dodgers saying he has been there longer than than Kenyon was. 
And everything Middleton is saying is absolutely true, that everything in the White Sox, far before uh, the new manager took yeah. over, back when Tony La Russa was there, that things were just ran really loosely. Oh, that's shocking. That is Tony one of the least shocking have, things I've ever heard. La didn't have his, his program under complete control. Shocker. <laughs> shocking. I'm so absolutely surprised. Absolutely shocking. It is a little weird, though, that like the culture, it doesn't seem has really shifted all that yeah, much. Yeah, it kind of transcends the manager. Yeah, yeah, correct. you wouldn't. Yeah, That's I, really what it's about, right? Transcends the manager. It's how the front office wants things essentially kind of ran to a degree. And mm -hmm. it's just hard to be a professional organization when not everybody on the team is taking things seriously, not showing up for practice, not showing up for meetings. And then you're, you're, you suck on top of that. Yeah. Like, that yeah. shit's cool if you're great. <laughs> if you're in first place by 15 games and fucking you haven't been showing up for meetings all year, keep that shit up, whatever. But come <laughs> on, man, when you're a bad team, you, uh, yeah. you're like that's where you really need yeah. to show that you're at least committed to trying to get things turned around. And I feel like that stuff really can, I mean, it really can be organizational. I talk about it all the time, but look at the New York Yankees. Like they clearly have, and it goes beyond the manager, they clearly have like an idea of what it means to be a New York Yankee and how a kid, like that kind of seeps into like every facet of that organization of like the way they run things Kenyon middleton said in this article that the minute he was traded to the yankees he shaved his beard off without even being asked exactly. because he knew their policy on facial hair <laughs> and was happy to do it because he was going someplace that had some semblance yeah, of right? organization and right I, yeah. I shit on the yankees all the time because i think it's i think that stuff's annoying and it, it goes too far it's but fucking re it, it's dude a, it's so ridiculous it's so part of pop culture knowledge yeah. that the simpsons did an episode about it where burns made dimaggio shave his sideburns all the way up to his head because because of the fact that he wouldn't allow sideburns or facial yeah, hair on I mean, the team, it's, right? It's it's better that way and go too. I mean, like you think about the not to say, say that the Yankees are the U.S. military, but like you think about the military's whole thing is like they they might maybe they go too far in terms of everybody being oh, yeah. pinned up and all that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. stuff. But they do it for a reason. Yeah. Because if you don't, you can easily become the White Sox, well, and then you have no control and things are an absolute mess. That military thing is a great metaphor because it, it is. It's preparation every day, and honestly, you never know. Like in the military case, when you're gonna when the shit's gonna pop off, yeah. but you have to be ready at all times. And essentially. During a long baseball season, you have to be prepared, and that preparation is going to show on the field. I mean, the Diamondbacks, they're losing these games. What we're seeing is the, like, two errors, three errors on the other team, zero errors for the Diamondbacks. So, like, defensively, even though they're not making outstanding plays at times and they're not as good defensively as they were earlier in the season, they still have stuff locked down when it comes to, like, the defensive side of things. There's just a lot of other things that have become really loose. You know, we've seen a lot of error, even though they had those eight stolen bases, we've seen a lot of mistakes on the base path. We've just seen a lot of sloppy play. But like I said, at least within the organization, you're not, you know, it's not this. It's not a mess inside internally and spilling over out onto the field. The Diamondbacks have had a relatively happy clubhouse. And I feel like you know oh, i was in san francisco i don't know if i would call that oh, a happy clubhouse yeah no but. i mean it, i can only imagine how things have been over the last you know especially not the last yeah. month but probably the last two weeks things have been pretty bleak inside yeah, of that oh, clubhouse yeah. you know and it's hard not to we we have people that were commenting on them laughing and smiling about slate Sacconi getting that you know strikeout that weird strikeout where jose herrera pinned it against his crotch and <laughs> <laughs> that's the best way i could phrase it jesse uh but like you know it's pretty they, accurate it's pretty accurate uh, i mean but they like there were some laughs and people didn't even like to see that like people as fans want to see this team uh in a bad place uh they want to see them looking sad when this team is doing as bad as they are and i i don't know like i said earlier i don't know if that's necessarily the key to getting out of it i think sometimes 
uh, the Diamondbacks need that that point of view like Seawall just had, where it's basically we need to flush this and move on and just look at where we're at right now. And where yeah. we're at right now is one and a half games back in the wild card. And to be honest, with how bad the last fucking month and a half have been, that's still not nearly as bad as it should be for this team at this no. point. No, the Diamondbacks are so incredibly fortunate, frankly, to be in to be in that position. Yeah. Thank God for the third wild card spot. Yeah. Right? Yeah, the, the, there's a big gap Huzzah. right now between the second wild card team. The Phillies and Giants are actually tied at the top of the the wild card race right now. They're both sixty one and fifty one. <laughs> But yeah, the, the Chicago Cubs right now, they have the third wild card spot at, at 58 and 54. The Reds are basically tied with them. Uh, I guess the Reds would have a slightly worse win percentage, but um, they essentially have, have a, the, an identical record given how many games they've played. And yeah, I mean, the Reds, the Marlins, and the Diamondbacks have basically all just been terrible for yeah. the last two to three weeks yeah. at this point. Really helped them just kind of slide in. And not, not only that, but again, like, that, that's got to be a confidence boost when you see those teams losing a lot and you guys are hot and you're just like, let's go. Like every day you've got yeah. the amp to go try it out and try to increase that or, or, or you should say decrease the lead that they had on you and now increase it. Like the Cubs just are catching fire at the right time. It just goes to show you, you can be hot in the beginning of the season all you want, but you know, the Diamondbacks really got to a point where teams figured them out. And right now, I mean, we, we, we showed the the thing about the wagon being killed by the bullpen, but you could probably insert wagon was killed by the offense. Wagon has been killed by starting pitching. There's been a lot of things that the Diamondbacks have been bad at lately, and uh, hopefully they can get things turned around. You never know. The uh, Phillies were a half game out of a wild card spot on July 15th of last year. They went to the World Series. They went to the World Series. See, but you see, but see, see, Phillies have they've ruined all of us because now <laughs> that's all you need. All you need is the third Except wild card spot, and you could get into the they World did it Series the other too. way where they yeah. sucked at first. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, right. Maybe they, maybe it's a, maybe it's a like a sandwich where it sucks in the middle, but on the outsides hey, everything is good, right? Shit sandwich. Yeah, but I'll good, good bread will make a shit sandwich. Still not bad, but uh, we were telling you guys about Nerfy Fridays, and of course, if you got down on that. Last Friday, you won yourself some money. They had the Nerfy Friday oh, yeah, insurance up to 50 bucks. We got down on that, won some money, and you can too. Not only do they have the Nerfy Fridays, but they have the Swing for the Fences promotion, which will help you boost your odds and get you more money when you win. All you have to do is log into the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android, play the free-to-play game from now until September 7th, and when you do, you just are a batter in the stri- uh, batter in the box. You pick an area of the strike zone. Depending on which area you pick, you will either single, double, triple, homer, or pop out, and you will get the prize associated with that type of hit. You can play once a day. Prizing must be used on MLB and does expire in 24 hours, so get down on this free-to-play game now. If you haven't signed up for a BetMGM account yet, use bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our AZ peeps, place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if it loses with BetMGM. Again, make sure you use bonus code PHNX. Check out the show notes for full details. And now listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-522-4700, Nevada. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Kansas, Nevada, New York, or Ontario. We thank you guys for being here right now on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel on Mailbag Monday. Of course, 
Uh, we thank you. Of oh, As always, if you haven't subscribed to the channel, make sure to do so now. Sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss when any of our shows go live. Leave us a thumbs up. We always love the likes. Uh, if you're listening on the audio podcasting side, please subscribe to us there as well. Uh, leave us a review. We always appreciate the feedback on that. Most importantly, sign up right now for a PHNX Diehards membership. It'll pay you back instantly with all of the wonderful benefits it offers, including a free shirt from the phnxlocker.com, uh, 20% off all future purchases. You get your fun little membership package that comes in a cool little box. You get your shirt. You get your card. That part's incredible. You get all sorts of wonderful benefits from our partners, including a $50 gift certificate for Mountain Mike's Pizza. You get a Dobson Ranch Ranch card and so much more. You also get access to our members-only Discord lounge, which is the best place to be an Arizona sports fan. Chris can attest to that. She's not here today, so I'm going to scream at her. I don't see her in the chat, but uh, she probably <laughs> she commented to earlier. She's not here today, she's so up, I'm going she, to scream I'm at her. I'm going to scream at her later, but uh, <laughs> she she's probably up to her doula stuff or whatever. But anyway, uh, we thank you guys, of course, that have already we, – we love the chat. I mean, the chat – uh, the Discord chat is a place for all of us to, uh, I guess, vent, yeah. uh, come together as people get mad about this. Nate Cleveland wants to know, where is the Suns news? We're going to hold off on the Suns news until <laughs> the end of the show. Uh, oh, no, we, way, have, we have a whole third have, segment well, we is have, all about Bradley Beal. We got there. an interview with Bradley Beal coming up. We're going to talk to KD. <laughs> I mean, it, there's all sorts of great stuff. But, uh, of course, if you were a diehard, you'd probably already know that already because you know from the Discord what we're planning, uh, and it's not anything Suns-related. But, uh, of course, we thank you guys for already signing up for a diehard membership if you've done so already. Make sure to get that so you get Jesse's newsletter full count, by the way, which is the uh, best newsletter you can get as an Arizona Diamondbacks fan. Um, and, of course, you guys know what we do around here. Every single day on this show is Earth Day. Every single week on this podcast is Shark Week. And every single Monday, we go to the mailbag. Damon, let's go. My mailbox, always something interesting in my mailbox. I try to get to everything in my mailbox. And then once in a while, there's a letter that makes me go, wow, wow. My mailbox. All right, what's our first question? First question comes from Elizabeth, and Elizabeth wants to know, why do the D-backs hate us? All we ever did was love them. I, I don't know, Elizabeth. This is a question I ask myself every single day. Uh, at least for the last four weeks. Why do the D-backs hate us, you guys? Do they? Uh, no? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Sean take this Sean, one. <laughs> why do the D-backs hate us? I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> I don't. Why I, do they want to cause us so much pain? I don't know, man. Why does this hurt so because much? life's unfair. Yeah. That's I, why. I mean, that's basically it. We, we can't have all the nice things sometimes that. Unrequited love is a lover's hell, and we are in hell. They don't love us the way we love them. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard, to, it's hard to be in that kind of relationship, but it's just a factor of life sometimes. Uh, Damon, do we, we got what, I just need to address that because uh, her mental state is my mental state right now. I feel the same way. What else we got, Damon? Uh, Rick Hughes asked, truthfully, I expected an, a regression. What I didn't expect was a complete collapse. Did Tory make a mistake and not benching Walker after he was caught admiring his blast that ended up only a single and cost the team the tying run? Too much hero ball on offense right now. Rick wants all of us to get off of his lawn right now, and I get that. Uh, but he especially wants the Diamondbacks players to get off his lawn. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I agree with what you're saying. I think we all thought that they were playing out of their minds, and we all expected them to come back down to earth. But I think when we expected sure. that, we expected more of like 500 ball, maybe you know, uh, maybe not winning as many series, but still keeping up some of those same attributes that they showed. I don't know. Like they've been swept so many times. Once that sweeping. Uh, thing was broken on them. They've been swept like 
three or four times since then. Feels like it's like I mean, every it's other like series. Every series feels point. like they've been swept. Like yeah. so, it's like things took such a drastic turn that I I can't. I, I don't think any of us could have been prepared for the regression. I don't think Tory is prepared for the regression, and I think that he shoulders a lot of the blame based on the fact he's the manager. But I I don't really know what he's doing differently that's causing this now you know, versus what he was doing earlier on that caused the team to be able to surprise us with how good they were. Yeah, I mean, generally how it how it works, like just because you play really well in the first three months of the season doesn't mean you're automatically doomed in the second half. Like regression to the mean doesn't necessarily mean you're giving back all of the wins that you already have. <laughs> like they it, are. <laughs> it theoretically should, and what our expectation was, is like, okay, well, maybe the D-backs aren't going to win 100 games like they were on pace to do at one point. Not even 90, but, you know. Yeah, but like according to what projections would say, they should be about 500 the rest of the year, and, and you know, that would put them at, you know, 89, 90 wins, something like that, yep. and, and easily in position to make the playoffs. That's kind of what our expectation was. In reality, what's happened is the Diamondbacks have basically given back all of the wins that they built up over the course of, of the first half of the season to the point where now they're they're only a, a game over 500. I do think a, a, a big factor in this was the quality of competition in those yeah. first few months of the season. Agreed. The D-backs were playing a lot of subpar teams, and you've seen what's happened now that they're playing series after series against some pretty darn good teams, or at least competent teams like the Minnesota Twins and the San Francisco Giants, it doesn't look the same. D-backs, they're just really having no. trouble scoring runs against these pitchers, and uh, you know their bullpen has just been overwhelmed by opposing teams' bullpens. We've seen this same story played out time and time again. I will say also to uh, the part of Rick's question about the Christian Walker incident, I personally didn't really think that Christian Walker admired that for, for much of any time. I, I didn't really have... An issue with that. Do you play think he was watching to see if it went over the fence? I, I think there, were, there was probably, you know, there, there was probably a brief moment where he where he stopped. But at least from my vantage point, I did not get the impression that Christian Walker like should have been standing on second base or anything like that. And I feel um, like the problems with this team are too large at this point. Yeah, to and even that, for, like, yeah, that right. one thing, right? Yeah. You're not benching the guy over that either. Either way, Christian Walker is just too important a, a part of this offense, and he's one of the leaders in the clubhouse. I don't think you're. I don't think you can make a genuine case that Christian Walker is dragging down this team by not trying or anything yeah, like that. I That's agree. just not the narrative that, that really exists within the clubhouse. So I didn't really have a, a huge problem with what happened there. Christian Walker, by the way, I know there's a lot of people that have talked about like Christian Walker and how aggressive he or like after he strikes out or with a lot of his struggles lately, you're seeing him talk a lot and uh a lot of it looks like he's like maybe sure. complaining to the umpire or something there's been some negative body language for there sure. has however yeah. i will say i have been present in the uh camera well when he's walked past me and i know for a fact that christian walker is yelling at himself most of those times i don't know how helpful that is but as much as it looks like he's complaining about like a strike call or something sure. like that he's actually like venting about yeah he's like he's mad at himself for something he did or whatever at the plate so uh i i, I don't know but yeah uh i think that this is this goes far beyond a regression to the means i think it's like michael said there's regression to the mean and then there's whatever the hell this is right here and i don't know <laughs> what it is uh next question there damon comes from our guy az sports guy uh, at the 
AZ Sports guy on Twitter, and he asked, "Why did they waste Seawalt's good inning in a blowout <laughs> loss?" I don't know. I don't. We know nice figured just swap moves around. I was suggesting it's his only good inning. Like, yeah. is he not going to have any more? Uh, yeah, I mean, he could have just come out and just blown it in that one game where they were already down by a whole lot. I, I don't know. I mean, I think that right there, that that question is what we're all feeling right now. Like, it's just incredible that. Uh, you know, this guy comes out, he has a scoreless inning in a de- in a game that doesn't matter. And then in the game that does, he can't seem to get anybody out. He's just giving up dinger after dinger. It was just uh, amazing to watch. I mean, honestly, I, I, the biggest reason why there is because Paul Seawald needed to get in a game. Torrey had no clue about when he would get a chance to use him next. And that game, since it was just such a mess already at that point anyway, seemed like a good as time of, as ever to get him out there yeah. and just get him some some innings. You know, and just they, they didn't run the risk of him being unavailable, too, because they had the off day today. So Tori knew if he pitched him Saturday, he, he could pitch him, him again Sunday, Sunday and then he'd have an off day Monday. As we saw that work out just Tuesday. so goddamn well. <laughs> yeah, on it. paper, it sounded so great. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I it is it is unfortunate how these things work, right? Oh, yeah. You've got the the nice, perfect, clean inning when you don't need any like you. You could have had Carson Kelly throw that other inning and, and, and the game, the game would have had the exact same outcome. Unfortunately, that's when Paul Seawald was very much on his a game. And then in the moment where you really need him to lock it down, he throws a few fastballs in some bad spots and the results are the results. It's comical. It's got, it, like, it's just, it's so unbelievable that it's comical at this point. And uh, just for fun, I tuned into Red's Twitter, and they're losing their goddamn minds right now too. Yeah. So it's like their starting pitching has been a disaster. Just the absolutely last weeks. awful. And yeah. I mean, the team is doing everything they can to back it up, but they're going through their own thing where, like, they like you can tell it's hurting their offense. You know, like it's getting them in a bad mental state because they're being put down so much so early that it's hard to even contemplate a comeback happening. Right? And like the Reds were red hot, and I have to use that part yes, because i'm, I'm sure fucking do. old and i'm a dad but like <laughs> they were they were like the hottest team in baseball for a minute yeah. there and now like their fan base is kind of in a similar position as ours where we're all just kind of saying what the fuck is happening to this team that you know was so competitive so recently i mean the diamondbacks are now drifting away from that point so far that it's almost hard to remember that time like when 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 were we talking about Corbin Carroll being rookie of the year? When was that? When were when were all I mean, these Corbin good Carroll things? probably is still gonna be rookie uh, of the year. I, I, I need that. Jesse, I need that win at this point. I need something. Uh what else we got, Damon? Uh Brian Brighton, excuse me, Brighton, uh, Brighton Bobbit on Twitter at BB underscore Nitro asks, is there any concern about the lack of fire from anyone? We've seen a fair few, uh fair few amount of uh missed calls lately, and it seems like no one wants to be the one to just lose it on the ump and try to light a fire under the team. Talked about this tweet earlier, but yeah. Uh I I mean, I don't know. Like Josh Rojas was kind of our guy for that at times, right? Josh Rojas was the guy. He was, he was, he was, he was our disruptor. He loved getting out there and mixing it up. He loved getting in the head of the opposition, but most importantly, he loved like barking at the, uh, at the umpires and sometimes being that guy, I believe Josh Rojas got tossed from a game where he didn't, wasn't even in the game. Is that right? This season. So like that's definitely seems like a missing factor. And like, honestly, I know Josh Rojas wasn't very good when he got sent down, but like this entire time, Rojas has been a missing factor on this team that the Diamondbacks have been struggling. I'm not saying he was the X factor or anything, but like, 
I don't know. Maybe maybe there is an amount of that fire lacking. Maybe there's that. You know, I, I just watched the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, like, they, they need Raphael to get in there and fuck shit up, right? Like, they need somebody <laughs> to scream and yell and be willing to get tossed from a game and be willing to get in a fight with the opposing team maybe and do all of this stuff. I, I just – I don't know what needs to change, but, like, this team needs a jolt from somewhere. And I, I agree with you about, like, the, the umpiring we've seen in some of these losses really has been just – Miserable, especially uh, that Cattell Marte call. I still weird. can't believe the Cattell Marte call of a ball and then a strike farther out of the strike zone. I think. Oh yeah, do we have that screenshot? We have screenshot. We didn't. We didn't, uh, we didn't talk this about is, that because I know everyone's dying to relive this from Friday's game. This is Friday's game. This was the final batter in the game, and Cattell struck out looking at this pitch five and then pitch six, and then I want to have this umpire fired and never officiate a game again the bigger thing that's fucking annoying about this as jesse and i will have both learned is that stupid little border counts as like the strike zone but not a strike zone right so as egregious like as this is area. Yeah, yeah right so like as egregious as this is because five isn't in the box and because six is touching that fucking edge both of these won't be considered bad calls essentially when they review this umpire's performance right I mean, that's uh, yeah, kind of I, how it works, I right? I feel like there has to be there some has to be something limit to that. <laughs> yeah, suspend him. <laughs> I mean, may, maybe it's like if if most if like all or most of the ball is within <sighs> that little buffer area, then then it would be considered a call that sort of could go either way. If number, I mean, if that pitch to Cattell Marte, if Major League Baseball is doing that pitch as not a bad call and not at all a ding on on that umpire's scorecard, I I don't know I mean, what even, I, I, even I don't know strike, what to do with that. Even if it's a strike, it's the lack of incons- the lack of consistency yeah. with the one before. Yeah, right. a serious the ball. Like, that's lack the of biggest consistency. Problem. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, been miserable. Like, so, yeah, somebody needs to fucking. Lose I would have loved to see Cattell lose his mind on this. Yeah, the game I mean, was over. Yeah, just exactly. smash get your bat on fucking home plate into a million pieces. Just that's over yeah, yeah. no nah, 100 like uh, I, somebody needs to get thrown at or somebody needs to slide into somebody or run over a catcher <laughs> or something like, we there needs to be need this to, team is we need to play the white Sox. we need to fight tim anderson that's what yeah. we need to do watch yeah. the, watch what happens with the guardians now they're gonna get all fired <laughs> up uh i do i will say i i feel like it's a little bit shallow to say that like the way the diamondbacks get right is for tory to get tossed from a game like I'm not sure it necessarily works that way. I, that, that's some kind what of like I think, at, I think that's a, a weird certain... thing though. Is is there can be things like that that do like they they can only change the course of a game. But you just I mean you don't know like yeah. I mean fucking turn over a goddamn Gatorade bottle or something like somebody needs to get <laughs> mad. I know the, the, turn over a Gatorade. Like, like, yeah, like something we see in like just a, a singular bottle. No, no, I was thinking like the whole water bottle. Oh, but I, just, like, I mean, jug. I've been in the clubhouse. Okay. I know they don't use those. Uh, they have a whole kitchen. All and they probably in the dirt, uh, kick something. Some sand on home plate. Something. I mean, something. <laughs> tor- do tor- it. Do what Dave Dave Martinez did for the Nationals yes, against the Diamondbacks. Yes. I mean, you saw that got him fired up there and have him do what the the blue jays pitching coach did and just get ejected yeah without really even doing anything i would love to see strami get ejected i, I don't know why but there. that would i don't think me. that will ever happen <laughs> i just want to see it. someone go out there with the purpose of getting tossed yeah 
like yeah. to make a like, I want we've, someone to we've make had, a point. Tori, I remember two times in Tori's history where you just knew he was like, it was, it was just going to happen. He was going to do it, and he wanted purposefully to get tossed. And the point was to get a point across to the umpire because things were, you know, being officiated in such a poor manner that, like, try. you feel like you need to do something to make a difference, right? Jeff and, Bannister did get into it a little bit yesterday. Tyler makes a good point. He did. He did. Uh, yeah, it looked like. I don't remember uh, the, the umpire basically walked over to Jeff Bannister and said, like, this is not going to fly or something. He made it very clear. And and Banny kind of shut up from that point on, it, it appeared. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, you know, should Tory go out there and, and get tossed? I mean, it's a thing you can try, which I guess at this point, he said he try anything, yeah. right? I mean, he I'm said just, he's out of ideas. Yeah, I guess this is one, one more you. idea <laughs> that he has in his back pocket. Taking a step backwards to Jeff Bannister, I'm fairly certain he could beat every single one of those players in the dugout in a fist fight, right? So, with that, Bannister shouldn't be uh, afraid of anybody, shouldn't be backing down from anybody. I want an aggressive Jeff Bannister to go out there and get tossed. I, I want to, I want Tori to get tossed. Like, I, I know what you're saying. Like, does this do anything? No, it really doesn't do anything. In some cases like it might even, it, it just, you just need it. Just yeah. sometimes you they just need, need it. to start hitting with runners in scoring position is what needs to happen. I mean, yeah, sure. That, <laughs> I'm just a little bit unclear the on needs the, to stop giving up runs. Yeah. The bullpen needs to stop giving up <laughs> runs and they need to start hitting with runners in scoring position. Sure. I'm unclear on the connection of Tori Lovello being How do we get from point A to point C? How do we cross that bridge? I don't feel like they want it anymore. And this maybe wake them up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, um, Tori calling Yadier Molina a motherfucker. That's what we need. You're absolutely right. Um, actually, what I need right now is a Red Bull. I need a Monster Energy drink. I need something. I probably should drink a Beatbox Hard Tea with the way I'm feeling about this game uh, and this team. And I can get all of those things at Circle K, uh, which you can too. You can get the best coffee. You can get the best beer and snack selection. And you can get the best premium gas, not to mention hunky in gas entertainment for me and this guy over here. No, Jesse, Jesse, uh, yeah, Jesse, Jesse didn't get on all the gas. Uh, (laughs) his soul is not trapped in a gas station pump like ours is, but uh, make sure to pick up a polar pop while you're there. They stay cold longer. And of course, uh, get down on the deal for, to get four power aids for $5. And you also get entered to be one of 10 finalists to win a 2023 Ford big brand Bronco SUV. And if you get selected as one of, as, as the finalist, you have to fight this man for that truck. Uh, buy two, get one free Monster Energy drinks. Buy two, get one free Beatbox Hard Tea. All of this you can get right now at Circle K. Make sure you're not missing out on all this great stuff. Text PHNX to 31310 to join their SMS subscriber club, and you will get a buy one, get one free offer on 32-ounce Polar Pops. Uh, head to CircleK.com slash store dash locator to find Circle K's near you and of course while you're there make sure to pick up the official craft beer of the arizona diamondbacks from our friends at four peaks that would be rattle on red ale or any of their wonderful variety of beers you can get them at circle k wherever you get your beers at Uh, and of course we will be meeting up at uh the uh for our takeover event at four peaks draft room at chase field uh, this Saturday, and we will see you all there. Make sure to join us there. Wonderful food, wonderful drinks. It's located on the suite level down the first base line in deep right field. It has an elevator that will take you right up to it, so don't miss out on that. Check out the events page in our show notes to find uh, tickets for that event if you're interested in joining us. And you can check out Four Peaks calendar at fourpeaks.com slash events to stay up to date on everything Four Peaks related. Check them out on social at Four Peaks Brew at Four Peaks Pub. Uh, keep up with everything uh, at, on the latest at Arizona's hometown brewery. Must be 21 or older to drink Four Peaks, and please drink responsibly. Uh, speaking of our takeover event, make sure to join us for that. 
make sure you grab yourself uh, a new t-shirt from the phnxlocker.com and and wear it if you got one uh we're also going to have a fun arizona cardinals drop here Ooh, soon yeah, baby. so make sure Huge to keep drop. locked in to the phnxlocker.com or everything here at go phnx uh on our twitter account at phnx underscore sports uh we are going to have some fun stuff going on and like i said we're uh we're just abandoning the Arizona Diamondbacks now at this point. So uh, you want to get all your Arizona Cardinals news here, your Phoenix Suns news, uh, anything <laughs> hockey related. Uh, we are here. I just want to be able to call a team a wagon again. Mm. Uh, and I don't know if that's going to happen the rest of this season with this team. But we do have more Mailbag Monday questions. What do we got, Damon? First question uh, on the second set of questions here comes from Casey Thorne. He asks, to be more positive, what do you see as a realistic focus in the offseason for additions or the team? As much as this collapse hurts, this year is the start of the window opening. We say that the window is with Zach Gallen, but I really feel like it's with Corbin under contract. And, and yeah, you're right. I feel like at the end of the day, ultimately, this team is building towards a, a core that is built around Corbin Carroll and other players his age. Uh, in that same time frame as far as players under control. And, I mean, so far they they kind of have a decent, like, four or five guys I feel like to build around. And even and that doesn't include Zach Gallon. I'm not including Zach Gallon in that re-technically that core because we have a good idea that, you know, we only have a couple more years with Gallon. But still, he will be here. He will be an Arizona Diamondback. And the Diamondbacks have a chance to win, you know, with this young core and with Zach Gallon still here at the same time. Yeah, I'm not I'm not so sure if I fully agree with, you know, the Diamondbacks window being like the Corbin Carroll contract as much as it, as it might be the Zach Gallen contract in sure. the interim. I think having Gallen here is really important. Without him, D-backs don't really have any clear frontline starters coming up through the pipeline at the moment. So, I do think Gallen is really really important to this starting rotation and and, and just this team's success in general, but uh, to answer Casey's question about off-season targets and what the Diamondbacks might be looking to, where the team might be looking to improve over the off-season, I think pitching is going to be mm-hmm. kind of the main focus all the way around. The Diamondbacks clearly, in addition to Gallon and Merrill Kelly and some of the young starters that they have, they they need more reinforcements in the starting rotation. I think there's no question they could they could use like a bona fide number three type starter uh, for this rotation. Something they just really haven't had the last couple years behind gallon and Kelly. Uh, and then I think the bullpen, I mean, that's kind of the other obvious one, right? Uh, the diamondbacks. I think Paul Seawald is, is going to get right. And I think he's going to be a good closer for this team through the end of 2023. But as you've seen, you know, even if Paul Seawald is, is doing his job, you need other guys, you know, to, to do their job in order to bridge the gap to get to him Correct. in order to put the team in in positions to win games in the first place. We haven't really seen that in the last few weeks. So, you know, building up that that back end of the bullpen, particularly from the left handed side. Now that Andrew Chafin isn't in the organization, I think the D-backs probably have to go get uh, a lefty at some point. I guess Joe Manaply and Kyle Nelson, you might feel somewhat comfortable with those guys, but adding another arm there probably makes sense and adding another righty or two probably makes sense as well. I want a third baseman. I mean, it's like obviously valid. having arms are like that, like you need arms, but like, I think the the move that would get me being like, Oh, they're going for it. Like would be a real third baseman. Uh, I'm tired of all due respect to Emmanuel Rivera and, and Evan yeah. Gloria. I want a real full time everyday third baseman there. That would, uh, 
it would i think that's the one move that could single-handedly change my perspective on like what this team is capable of accomplishing next year if they were to add some like real talent there they uh, just don't really have a third baseman that hits righties yeah and that's kind of a problem <laughs> so yeah i i'm in agreement on that that's a pretty big one matt chapman is available in the next free agent class justin turner with an opt-out josh donaldson eduardo no. escobar i hate josh donaldson with every fiber of my being geo urshela <laughs> I genuinely would not, don't, don't know how I'd be able to talk about Josh Donaldson if he was in prison. <laughs> I genuinely dislike that man. Um, Matt Chapman would be cool. That'd be real fun. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I just, I Matt also. Matt Chapman's going to be really expensive. Yeah, I, I love JT too. Uh, but just, to, just improvement. Like that's one place where you could make a clear improvement. And also I would like uh, there, I would just like not to see Carson Kelly as a member of this MLB roster. So if that if that means Herrera being a full time backup or them going to acquire another catcher, I would like to see that. I do think moving on at this point from some of those guys that were part of that team, like Nick Ahmed and Carson oh. Kelly, really does seem like the answer. And it's no knock to those guys; they're just honestly like this team has like at times Gabriel Moreno has shown what a better all around player he mm. is behind the plate already than Carson Kelly. And honestly, yeah. I. I like it kind of sucks because I feel like part of the reason why he's on the injured list right now is just due to that unnecessary over usage or I, not unnecessary, necessary over usage yeah. due to Carson Kelly's injury. But man, I mean, Gabriel Moreno really does look like the future behind the plate for this team. So uh, hopefully he gets right soon. I, I have no idea how much time he's going to miss at this point, but we could really use him at this point. Uh, next question. Damon comes from Brett Lee Johnson. Brett, asks has this wagon fully died on the Oregon trail or is there some <laughs> hope that they can somehow fix themselves and get back to the wagon we know they can be uh, like it's still the same players right yeah. like it's not like it's different people it's not like we talked about Gabriel yeah. Moreno being injured but it's not like they suffer from this huge amount of injury thing the wheels did fall off once they lost Merrill Kelly and that felt like one of the bit like one of the big factors like having Merrill Kelly back having Brandon fought pitching the way he is like this all feels very good. And like, they can get things back on track. I, I just, things have been so bad now for so long that I, I don't know if they can, like, it feels like that's absurd. Like, yes, absolutely. They can with the pieces that they game have Game and a half out right? game and a half out. But <laughs> at the same time, when we talk about how easy that schedule was when they were successful and you look ahead at the schedule ahead, it's hard to be, even cautiously optimistic about the teams that they still have left to play. I mean, it's just a gauntlet from this point on of like Dodgers, Padres, Dodgers, Padres, Cubs, Braves, you know, like it's, it's so many still like so many good teams that they still have left on their schedule that I, I don't think the outlook looks very positive for them. No, it, it doesn't look positive. Um, I mean, yeah, they're, they're one and a half out, which, which doesn't sound so bad, but there are, there are still two teams between them and that third wildcard spot who also aren't in the playoffs right now, the Miami Marlins and the Cincinnati Reds. The San Diego Padres have also started to play a lot better I'm of late. Four nothing on the Dodgers right now. Yeah, they're they're a game and a half behind the Diamondbacks right now. They could be a game behind the Diamondbacks at the end of the day if if they win that game. So yeah, for for me, I think at this point you have to look at what the competition is. I mean, we're kind of we're kind of closing in here on the end of the season we've only got about 50 games left in the season so i think the phillies and the giants feels like a bit of a long shot that the diamondbacks would catch either of those teams with them sitting at 61 and 51 maybe you move past that phillies phillies are in there giants are in there you've got one more spot so it would be between the cubs the reds 
the Marlins, the Diamondbacks, and the Padres. I think we can probably draw a line right there. I don't think the Mets or the Pirates or any of those teams are really in the mix at this point. So, But even the Mets aren't that far back, and the Mets traded major pieces away, and they're getting nothing but praise Dude, I would be for so the pieces sick. they re- got in return because their minor league system that was kind of like the Diamondbacks minor league system at one point, kind of shelled yeah, based on all the not, trades and acquisitions they made, that they just so happened at this trade deadline to vastly improve their their farm they, system they basically bought their prospects in those trades yeah. essentially Steve yeah, Cohen yeah. just threw in so much money in order to, to sweeten their return but it, yeah I, I I'm not really worried about the Mets but no but not it, at all but I'm just saying like if you want to be like in a position that's not a bad position to be in where they're still playing relatively well like not great but just I mean the Mets have lost six in a row Oh well, okay. No, I don't know what I'm talking about. The Mets about are that. not playing, but they are. Well. But they are. They are receiving <laughs> compared a lot to the of Diamondbacks. Yeah. I mean, they've they've won they've won three of their last ten instead of two of their last ten. Yeah. So I guess I guess maybe they've been better than the Diamondbacks. Look, I've been watching Everyone's Diamondbacks been baseball. Than Everybody's been better than the Diamondbacks. This is, this is true. What else we got, David? Uh, Michael asks a specific question just for me. He says, for Derek, who got hit harder, Paul Seawald yesterday or Jay Uso Saturday night? Uh, this is a WWE SummerSlam question, Jesse, in case you were wondering. Yeah, I was uh, wondering. Thank Jay you. Uso uh, did get hit pretty hard, but nobody got hit as hard as Paul Seawald last night. So you know the answer <laughs> to that. I mean, duh, two home runs. Like everything that he did in that inning was terrible. I just still, I still, I like it's seared into my brain. I don't remember a lot from this series. But God damn it, I feel like I when I close my eyes at night, I see that ninth inning happen. Like it was so depressing in so many different ways. And I watched this team two years ago. I was there during COVID in the stadium and I watched them lose games left and right. I have been uh, watching this team for a long time. That game on Sunday, that Paul Seawald loss hit me harder than I think most things have just because of the desperation that I felt to see this team take one of this game, these games in the series and, and to not do the thing that I was saying I was going to, which was declare them dead. <laughs> if they lost two out of three, they lost three out of three. They're fucking dead. That their time of death four Oh seven on Sunday. That is the time of death on the D back <laughs> season. Uh, but uh, luckily Paul Seawald still says things like they're only one and a half games back. So it makes me feel not as bad. There you go. You know, cool, Paul. Yeah. I mean, thanks, Paul. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a way to positively spin, spin you absolutely blowing a game afterwards. But man, that loss, it was just such a, like, it was such a demoralizing loss during a time where everything is very demoralizing for this team. So it's just stacking sadness yeah. on top of sadness. And they finally got that. They finally got that big hit to Christian Walker uh, with the, with the go ahead Homer in the top of the ninth and, and the Walker. twins inexplicably not going to Yohan Duran in the top of the ninth <sighs> inning in a tie game, which I found pretty confusing. It kind of backfired on him with Christian Walker hitting that home run and then yeah, I mean, just po- poetic in the worst way possible, right? The very first pitch that Paul Seawald throws. It's a, it's a crazy, it's oh. crazy. I mean, it's a, it's crazy. It, it, it just feels so in line with what's happened for this franchise over the last month. Like, yes, of course. How did anyone expect it any different, right? Like, this is exactly what everyone should I treated, I treated my home like happen. my AC broke. That's how quickly I evacuated it because I just needed <laughs> to be away from my television so fast. Like, I needed to be away. I needed to go away fast. Oh, man. Uh, we got one more question, Damon, in the mailbag. What do we got? 
Uh, Karen, aka Groundhog Mama, to Cogs Mom on Twitter asks, "What is the over/under betting line for Dick Mountain puns at Saturday's takeover?" The limit does not exist. I mean, we're gonna be together for three, four, uh, three and, I, and a half hours. I was gonna say like seventeen and a half. That's where I was gonna set it at, oh. but that seems fucking low. Like, smash that over button, right? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, twenty-seven and a half, more likely. I don't See, even know. He, li- pitch he lines Saturday? up to pitch on Saturday. He lines up to pitch on Saturday for our takeover event. Oh wow. man, yeah. I mean, that's, that's yeah. it's gonna be every Guys, single. Pitch. Sorry about that, Jesse. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'll be there. It's gonna be. <laughs> I, might, I might be sick that day too. We'll see. It's gonna be every single pitch jesse doesn't want to be present when dick mountain is at chase field what come on fella let's go uh yeah it's gonna be great i'm gonna i might i might i might write some new ones down we might might have to workshop workshop yeah Yeah, oh and we got dick mountain versus dixon walker we need to. I, we don't utilize it's, Christian Walker middle name enough i think there's a yeah that's that's a good point also um he's He's pitching against that gallon potentially, right? Dick Mountain and the Milkman. So would it be Dick Milk? Um, Milk Dick? Dick Milk. Dick milk. All right, uh, whatever. We're, this is no, I, I don't think it would be Zach Gallon because the Diamondbacks have two off days. Uh, well, it depends on how they shuffle their rotation because yeah, it, it looks the like they're thing. yeah, it looks like they're skipping Slade Chaconi. So yeah, actually, it, it definitely could happen. It could be Zach Gallon against Milkman versus Dick Mountain. That's all that you needed to know. <laughs> there you go. Uh, sign up right now. Get your takeover over tickets. And a half yeah, well. over 60 and nine and a half for sure. That's definitely smash that over. Um, also, uh, we want to give a shout out to our friends at Spaghetti Shack for dropping us off some amazing food right now. Uh, Connor, you're absolutely right there on the over under for that. Uh, Spaghetti Shack, <laughs> ASU alum owned and operated. They serve an incredible menu of spaghetti, meatballs, garlic bread, and a few other fan favorites. They keep it simple, but their mission is to provide you with quality home-cooked food that's affordable uh, so you can spend less time cooking and spend more time with your loved ones. Or, of course, if you are an ASU student in the area in Tempe, uh, make sure to check them out so that you can get some good uh, home cooking in in you instead of just getting all that, you know, fast food that we know you're – yeah, you know, you know how it goes. Look, uh, their food's delicious. They have a a giant tray of meatballs sitting in there that we already, I think, polished off pretty much there was some rice crispy trees yeah there were also rice crispy trees today so uh shout, a shout out to spaghetti shack it's a community focused to go pasta concept started right here in tempe arizona by five lifelong friends they are currently serving tempe and queen creek and they hope to come to your neighborhood soon so make sure to check them out also if you need anything for uh the golf season as things cool down here uh, do i want it is 105 cooling down yes. i don't know yeah I, I guess it is like it's it's much more pleasant to go outside in 105 than it is to go out in 116 and that means uh golf time is here pins and aces is the official golf apparel partner of phnx in all city course uh we love our pins and aces gear including our custom phoenix polo and all the other wonderful uh stuff we got from them uh they are a family owned and operated apparel business they make amazing polos and when i say amazing polos again i have to stress that these aren't just polos for golf uh everybody deserves to be comfortable mm-hmm. not just when you're playing a uh, pseudo athletic competitions like golf because we know golf's not a real <laughs> athletic competition right so uh but but when you play golf you get to wear a nice polo that stretches and it's got it's very very light breathes it, it's great polos and they make amazing polos over at pins and aces also hats golf bags and even beer sleeves so check them out at pins and use code phnx to receive 15 percent off your first order and get free shipping that's pins and aces.com 
Well, that's all we got for you guys today. The Arizona Diamondbacks do get an off day that they need. Mm. Hopefully they can reset and get things back because they play the Los Angeles Dodgers tomorrow. Sweep so. incoming for the D-backs. I mean, oh, the D-backs that makes, sweep that the Los makes me sick. But wow. You know all what? Right. Why not? Literally. Did, oh, like, you said they're going to sweep uh, the Dodgers? We're going to sweep the Dodgers. Literally, why not? <laughs> why not? Okay, Jesse. What, what do you why not? <laughs> Can we get a more reasonable take from you? Why not? Anything's, why not? Anything is possible. Well, I mean, it, it is kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah it's, Urias it's, sucks. It's fought against Urias. Urias has kind of struggled a little bit. Fought was obviously really good his last time out in San Francisco. And then you've got Bobby Miller against Merrill Kelly, I believe, in in the second game of the series. Bring out the brooms, baby. Which, yeah, I mean, Merrill's <laughs> pitching pretty well. We're and, right back on it if we get this sweet mm-hmm. little two game sweep. <laughs> you need. You need actual professional help, Sean. No, no. Sean's right, though. Sean's right. If we sweep the Dodgers, we're back. We're so bad. We're so bad. We are a wagon again. And also, if we sweep the Dodgers, the Padres are, like, right back in this division. Yeah. Which... That's fun. That's fun. Well, I mean, the Giants, too. The Dodgers... Everyone's I right mean, back yeah, the Asia. Giants would be more in it yeah. than than but the, the Padres, Padres are inevitable. The Padres are coming. Uh, yeah, the Padres, the Padres and Marcus Duplessis. <laughs> the Padres, honestly, I I think are probably the scariest team uh, out of all those teams that the Diamondbacks are competing with for for that third spot. I know the Padres are the one team behind the Diamondbacks are, right now. Are we not? Are we That's not, a stacked dude, roster. Are we not going to talk about Walk the fact the that Dodgers made Lance Lynn into a Cy Young candidate? And two, like he's given up two yeah, runs. Yeah, that was inevitable. Like, no. That was the easiest thing. That was, that was, that was inevitable, Derek. Oh, and and Kike Hernandez is going to have a 900 OPS the rest of the year. Yeah, like everybody already knew inevitable. this. Well, uh, for all of like we we offer a wide range of of on this folks so if you want to follow <laughs> us all i'm at cap underscore caveman with a k uh this m- mountain of electricity next to me uh is that sean dick underscore to pause dick mountain of, i wasn't gonna go there but uh <laughs> jesse friedman of course is that jesse and friedman uh the maniac behind the mac is damon he is at damon dog uh d-a-w-g and of course we are damon's dogs uh our show is at phnx underscore dbacks but of course all roads lead to at phnx underscore sports on twitter instagram and facebook we thank you guys for stopping by we always appreciate your time and remember kids baseball may not seem like fun right now but things could be worse